seen is beauty. At least, that's what many tell themselves as they try to squeeze into an outfit or a pair of fashionable shoes. Turns out, this is an old saying. Medieval skeletons show signs of the foot squeeze. They were the Jimmy Choo's of the day, a high-end, highly fashionable shoe called Poulain's. Medieval men and women wore those in Europe as a statement, but their feet paid the price. Poulain's are narrow and pointed, like our fashion footwear today. A recent study of skeletal remains from the 14th and 15th centuries showing signs of bunions and degenerative changes in feet bones. One researcher saying it looks painful. They were just like some of us, suffering discomfort to look even a little better. Pain like this makes no sense. Why hurt yourself just to look good? Other pain, like the pain of repentance, is good. The Spirit works fundamental change, conforming us into the life He's called us to live. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're launching a new series this week called In the Footsteps of Peter. He was a fisherman, but he was also a traveler. He traveled by waterway, he traveled by road, he traveled to Jerusalem, his home was in the Galilee, and many people think he made it all the way to Rome where he died. Well, I'm talking about Peter, the apostle, and he was a torchbearer of early Christianity. In these next minutes together, we'll meet up once again with the executive producer of a documentary originally presented on the BBC. We spoke with Ray Bruce in London last year about his documentary on the life of Paul. Well, he's back with another one, Following the Footsteps of Peter. And it's hosted again by the British actor, a Jewish man turned Christian, named David Suchet. I'm David Suchet. And I'm in search of one of the most puzzling characters in history. A simple first-century fisherman who somehow became the founding father of the most powerful Christian church on earth. Wow, look at these. We know him as Saint Peter, mentioned more times in the New Testament than anyone except Jesus. Peter's character and what motivates him has always intrigued me. In this series, I'll be uncovering fragments of tradition and half-whispered traces of Peter's life, revealing surprising new discoveries and theories about the man who shaped a faith that came to dominate Western civilization. The footsteps of Peter, with the unmistakable voice of David Suchet. And yes, he is the voice of the Jesus Storybook Bible. David is a follower of Christ, as well as the producer, Ray Bruce, who we'll be talking with in a moment. Then after the program, I want you to have an opportunity to get your own copy of this two-part documentary DVD, In the Footsteps of Peter. I want you to see for yourself the places where that apostle traveled. From the shores of Galilee to Jerusalem to Rome, this film will not only make you feel like you're on vacation as a tourist to the Holy Land, but it will bolster your faith, showing how a simple fisherman could be called into great service for our Savior. You can call us after this program, and the number to call is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or come to our website and watch the trailer from the documentary, and then you can make your fiscal year-end gift 
at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org for In the Footsteps of Peter. And if you didn't get In the Footsteps of Paul from us last year, we have that in a special bundle with the Peter documentary for your minimum gift amount. Ask about that when you call or read more about it when you go online. And now let's open the program. Here's Chris Tomlin, and I will follow. All your ways are good, all your ways are sure. I will trust in you alone, higher than my side, high above my life. I will trust in you Haven today. I'm Charles Morris on the west coast of America. Let's go to London. Uh, and on with us is a producer. His name is Ray Bruce. Ray, welcome back. It's been one year ago since we had you on this program. 
And what, what a year we've had. What a year we've had with all its challenges. But it's great to be back and great to talk to you as always. Let me remind our listeners, a year ago, Ray Bruce was on this program. Uh, he is the producer of a, a documentary series that aired on the BBC called In the Footsteps of Paul. Uh, the host of the documentary was the Jewish but believing in Yeshua actor David Suchet. Uh, the murder mysteries that he uh, portrayed Hercule Poirot. But the producer was our special guest today. They did another documentary after that, and it's called In the Footsteps of Peter. What I so appreciate, Ray, you are a believer in Christ yourself. You do have a Jewish background in your family. But in the documentary, which was done for not only Christians, but a secular audience as well, what I so appreciate is that David Suchet carries that through as himself believing the gospel accounts about Peter. Uh, I know he was willing to do that. Uh, were the people who aired this documentary willing to accept that? I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, when they when we sold the idea to the BBC, they knew David Suchet, you know, a leading actor. A British treasure, as he doesn't like to be called. Um, but they knew that he was a man of faith. So um, when they saw the proposal, the treatment, it was quite obvious that David was investigating from a faith perspective. Mm -hmm. That obviously we drew upon the Gospels and the Acts of, and, and, and so on. There's, there's other material involved in trying to make sense of the Peter story, other traditions, particularly when Peter gets to Rome. But basically, yes, I mean, you know, it is a faith story. And we had the added value of uh, David Suchet playing the definitive uh, Hercule Poirot, the, the, the famous detective. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing that David was keen, he, he, he wants to know what motivates people. As an actor, mm -hmm. he spends an awful long time thinking about who are these people? I want to know about them. You know, who was this Poirot? In, and and on, on all the other parts that he does when he's on stage and so on. So to have a combination of an inquiring mind, to have someone who has faith, and we took him and we went on this remarkable journey that, cro that criss crisscrossed the, well, the Mediterranean, <laughs> as I said, from, from Galilee, lowly Galilee at the east end of the empire, you know, the last outpost of the Roman Empire. <laughs> and then all of a sudden... Tradition has it that he tipped up in Rome. Uh, the biblical accounts has uh, um, uh, Peter coming out of prison in Acts, mm -hmm. um, and then he, he, he ceases to be. There's nothing more after that. But there, there is the prediction, of course. Jesus himself made the prediction of how Peter would die. Now, yeah. he didn't say it would be Rome, but he also made the prediction that Peter would be a martyr for his yeah. faith. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and that's what church tradition. And I guess, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's quite interesting, this documentary, uh, which I guess is a couple of hours long, and it's, and it's so insightful. Um, I, I, I remember being there at Caesarea Philippi, yeah, watching right. the documentary. Yeah. You and I both have been there many times. Uh, it's an ancient pagan place of worship. Ah, yes. Children. Yes. Yeah were actually thrown into that cave to be sacrificed. And yet 
the gates of Hades, the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's where Jesus no doubt spoke that. And, um, and so there in the documentary, you're there. And, and it's interesting where David Suchet leaves being just the documentarian and steps a little more into a theological role on what rock is Jesus talking about building his church. What happened here in this pagan sanctuary was ultimately to become a most significant, if not the most significant moment in church history and a major turning point for Peter. In Matthew's Gospel, we read that Jesus brought his disciple to this place, a place where human beings worshipped many gods. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter, the wonderful, impetuous Peter, turned around and said, well, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Look, I mean, look at this rock. It's almost vertical, isn't it? It is. It is, and you can sort of see... Niches where people used to worship. The more I stand in front of this rock, (laughs) the more I realise what a monumental this moment was. Yeah. That you could just skim through these little verses in the book. But here we are, and it's extraordinary moment in the history. It is a place where the human and the natural meet, but some people could say, right, it's where the human and the divine meet also. What would I give for a time machine? (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly, as as David points out, that uh, uh, he has two names. He has a Jewish name, Shimon. Mm -hmm. He also has a Greek name, Petros, Peter. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, Jesus might have called him Rocky. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, It's little insights like that that really get the kind of humanity. Because if any, this is why Peter is so important, so important in the sense that he's no doubt a leading figure uh, within the the, the disciples. You know, when Jesus takes certain disciples away for whatever, you know, like in the uh, ascension, it's Peter's always there. Jesus has a, always has a go go at him, you know. Little faith, get me behind me, Satan. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he really comes in in phrase in, in being impetuous and 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 so on. But he was there in terms of the ministry from day one. Yes, um, he certainly was. He denied our Lord. Mm-hmm. He was the first, according to John's Gospel, to see the risen Lord. Um, so he had a tremendous impact on the story and then when all seems to be lost uh jesus tells peter you know feed my sheep at the end at the end of john's gospel yes and he restores him and it's over a charcoal fire correct Uh, the same kind of charcoal fire uh, that at the chief priest's courtyard, he denied his Lord three exactly. times. Exactly. And they yes. eat some Peter's fish, which is, if, if you've no doubt had you, it. You, you could still have Peter's fish there today. If only St. Peter had royalties on the number of fish that would be eaten, he would have been a wealthy man. Ray, one of the things I noticed is is you went to some places where the normal tours to the Holy Land don't go. I'm thinking in particular to that empty tomb that you went, you and David Suchet went to. Uh, it, tell me about that. Yes, in, there's a place called Akeldama, 
which I'm sure you were aware uh, is uh, the place in, in terms of the Bible where Judas Iscariot, you know, was hung and, and mm-hmm. where he killed mm-hmm. himself. It's also it's got lots of cliffs. It's to the south of the uh, of, of the old old city, and there are lots and lots of tombs there, many from the first century. So, as a filmmaker, if I want to give your audience, the audience, a sense of what the tomb two thousand years would have looked like, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is where you know that's been all done up and it's overlaid and and, and so on. It's covered. What I like to go is the, those tombs raw tombs as they were and unchanged for 2000 years uh david had never been to one and and he he was he was blown away by it you know because Mm -hmm. tradition of laying the body out and after a year the body but the bones are then placed in the bone box and ossuary um but it really gives the viewer a sense of what the tomb 2000 years looked like to get that kind of authentic feel that going back to this idea of trying to make the story three-dimensional i think you get more from going to the uh, um a, a tomb that's two thousand years old in in a cliffside um that, that, that can speak volumes i think in terms of the, of the telling of the story archaeologists have found about a thousand rock-cut tombs in and around jerusalem and these at akaldama just below the old city are fairly typical I'm going to go inside one. It's quite light in here. And this, this ledge here is obviously where the body would have been laid out and it would have been embalmed and wrapped around with cloths and they would have laid them out there. The discovery of the empty tomb of Jesus is really very intriguing. New Testament tells us that Mary Magdalene and the other women who went there early in the morning found the tomb completely empty. And they ran back to tell Peter and the other disciples. They thought it was nonsense. But then we cut to John's Gospel and we learned that when Mary Magdalene told Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, we're not quite sure who this other disciple was, a very mysterious person. They ran to the tomb. And the other disciple got there first. It was like a running race. Peter got there, joined him, went inside, and they both witnessed these strips of cloth that would be wrapped around the body, just folded in on itself, just just as though it collapsed. The other disciple looked, and we're told that he believed. Peter, however, left the tomb, marvelling and wondering about it all. It would seem that he still didn't quite get it. If you just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today. Ray Bruce is a producer. Uh, He's coming to us from London. Uh, We had him in the program a year ago in the footsteps of Paul. And and now we're putting on the air The Life of Peter and a documentary that Ray produced called In the Footsteps of Peter with David Suchet. Peter is worth not forgetting, right? It's worth studying. At every key moment... In the life of Jesus, um, in terms of uh, walking on water, in terms of uh, Caesarea Philippi, confessing Mm -hmm. you are the Lord, in terms of the transfiguration, in terms of washing Peter's feet, and so on. The big moments, the big gospel moments culminating in the resurrection, Peter is there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's the gospel writers are one accord on this. 
as they are on many, many things. But the four mm-hmm. gospel writers have Paul, have Peter front and centre when mm. it comes to the Jesus story. And then post-resurrection, when all seems to be lost, Peter, like his other fishermen friends, go back to Galilee. And what happens? It's Peter that reignites the faith. It's reignites the momentum the, the Jesus movement starts. And he's a key figure in the Acts of the Apostles. It's not all Paul in mm. Acts. Mm-hmm. The first few chapters are dominated by Peter. Yes. Peter's speech in front of the crowd. It's, to me, it's like a mini gospel. The first it, mini it's, gospel. It's the longest yeah. sermon. Uh, yeah. it, it's Pentecost, and you can still visit those steps today. And you actually yeah. have those steps that Peter yeah. would have preached from yeah. there in the documentary, too. Yeah, yeah. What we try and do, it's all this question of making it all stand up making it three-dimensional, make the biblical pages come alive. And we're fortunate to have this, in, this wonderful country, mm. but you have these incre- this incredible archaeology, you have this, these people dedicated to try to make sense of the biblical stories in terms of places and, and monuments and, and, and so on. And to me, that's how you get this kind of th- a more three-dimensional picture if you don't have the privilege of actually... Uh, like we have of of going to Israel a lot and 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 uh, and, and seeing the tourist groups and and, and so on. So mm-hmm. I think that was David's thing as well. What you know? Where's the history in all this? You know, where? How can we locate the story and how we can l- narrate the story and 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 make it come alive? Mm. Ray Bruce, my Jewish Christian brother, I want to thank you for joining us here on Haven today. Charles, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's always a pleasure to revisit uh, stuff that I've done and feel very privileged to be able to talk about it and hope that people who watch the documentary, you know, get as much out of it as people that made the thing in the first place did. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back
Jaden Lavick, a single. Yes, there are still such things as singles. I have decided to follow Jesus here on a haven today called in the footsteps of Peter. Well, I'm thankful for the time we had with Ray Bruce in London today, and I appreciate his desire to help you and me better understand the world in which the Apostle Peter lived by seeing it with your own eyes. And the more you follow in the footsteps of Peter, the better you'll understand him. From the heights of Mount Hermon, where the transfiguration most likely happened, to sailing the Sea of Galilee, where Peter used to catch fish, this documentary will lead you on a journey of faith. Now, it was originally produced for the BBC. It's a high-end production. It's a two-part documentary, and it's hosted by David Suchet. I know that as you watch this film, your faith will be encouraged. You'll see that if the Lord could use a simple fisherman like Peter for his glory, he can use you as well, and me too. Call us right now and make your gift to Haven today and ask for In the Footsteps of Peter. The number to call is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and watch the film's trailer and then you can make your fiscal year-end gift to this ministry for the DVD at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And a reminder again, if you want both In the Footsteps of Peter and In the Footsteps of Paul, two documentaries, both hosted by David Suchet, we have the DVDs in a special bundle for a minimum gift to the ministry. Ask about it when you call. Read more about it when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Hearing this phrase, you're surrounded in an old cop movie, brings to mind criminals being surrounded by the police. But what if that announcement came from God himself? That's actually what scripture teaches us. In Psalm 125, verse 2, we read, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. The Father surrounds us with his love through Jesus Christ. Like a dad wrapping his arms around his children, he surrounds us with his protection since the Messiah has won the victory over our enemies. And through his spirit, he surrounds us with his grace, always ready to forgive. Trust in the Lord Jesus. Hear the Father comfort you with these words. You're surrounded. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.